0: in Hong Kong. Join me on Facebook Live if you can right now because this is where we say hello to Danny Hicks and do this week's sports and all. My old man said be (laughs) your Tottenham fan. How are you?
1: (laughs) Yeah and he'd be right with the the next line as well. We'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah um, a lot to talk about this week. I thought we'd start off with the Olympics which uh, lurches from row to scandal to problems to scandal and the latest one yesterday we've had the uh, the creative chief of the olympics the 60 year old 66 year old hiroshi sasaki mm-hmm. having to the guys in charge of the opening and closing ceremonies and doing all the pomp and ceremony which we probably won't have because of covid but anyway he's the guy in charge of that the creative director and he's so creative he suggested that uh, a plus-size entertainer entertainers hugely popular in Japan uh, Naomi Watanabe could wear a pig ears and maybe they could re- rename it new pig. Um, and uh, has been forced uh, with no surprise whatsoever to resign over the, the latest sexist remarks oh boy, oh boy. to come out and uh, will be replaced and um, another huge embarrassment for the Olympics with uh, just last month, the, the the chief of the Olympics um, had to had to fall on his sword. Ex Games president Yoshiro Mori, who was an 83 year old, obviously down with the kids, um, an 83 year old former prime minister, was forced to remind uh, was forced to resign. Sorry, I haven't seemed to have my teeth in this morning. Forced to resign after saying that women talked too much in meetings and meetings went on too long when women were involved.
0: Haven't these boys realised there's a bit of a theme? kind of bubbling away here yeah
1: and then they were gonna they were gonna replace him with a with an even uh older person an 84 year old until there was an outcry about that and they finally they've um uh they've got a new olympic chief uh who's called um just looking at my notes uh miss uh, Hashimoto who is uh who is a young ex-Olympian and a woman 17. who has vowed to you know <laughs> Uh, no, no, she's she's not. She's much younger than that. But as, uh, is going to make gender has been trying to make gender equality a top priority. Remember, it's just now that they're making that a top priority for a games that should have taken place last July. It's
0: not a part of the world that's known for kind of. No, you know what I'm saying. So it's a tough job she has ahead of her.
1: Um, she, she's added twelve female directors to the organising committee's executive board in the past month. And must have thought she was getting somewhere until this happened again this week. And it just seems to me like these Olympic Games are cursed. We are now 126 days away mm. from the the start of the Olympics on July the 23rd. Of course, they were due to start on July the 24th last year originally. We've got a torch relay um, to begin next week in Fukushima, which is going to be a big celebration of the rebuilding of Fukushima and the, yeah, yeah. the disaster after the earthquake and so on. Um, that's now going to take place with no fans because of COVID restrictions. So they're going to they, that, you're just going to see the, the talk run through empty streets, presumably. Um, you've got this new sexism row after another sexism row. And we've got, we're have got we expecting a decision tomorrow yeah. that foreign fans will be banned from attending the Olympics. It will be domestic fans only. And domestic fans only will be encouraged not to cheer or shout or scream because of COVID. Is this the wheels coming
0: to, off? I mean, rightly.
1: really? I mean... Yeah, like I say, I mean, it's just a curse, isn't it? And I'm due to be going to the Olympics. We're being told in the media that we're going to be basically, virtually, we're going to be in a complete bubble for 14, 15 days at the start. Whether we've got COVID vaccines, and I've got mine booked for next week, um, whether we've got negative tests repeatedly and so on, we're only going to be able to go from basically our rooms in our hotels uh, via authorised transport to venues where we'll be shut off, not be able to talk to athletes and back to our rooms again for the first 14 or 15 days. Then after that, we may be able to get out and about in Tokyo. Tokyo is still under a state of emergency at the moment, and mm. that's due to be lifted this weekend. I mean, the problems are myriad for this Olympics. We've got an Olympic playbook coming out for athletes where they're told not to attend events as spectators, stay in their rooms, only go out for training. And... Um, it's, and, and they can't they they can't arrive until five days before their event, and they have to leave straight away after.
0: Let me ask you a question here. So you're telling me about it's practicalities, true. health crisis, the whole bit here. If that was on its own, the health crisis that everybody knows oh. about, would that be one thing? Would that be kind of doable? But it's kind of compounded by these geezers saying these horrendously inappropriate things.
1: Well, it's not which, it's not helping, is it?
0: No, I mean if the if the health concerns were that was all it was, would you be saying different things to me right now?
1: Um, I think the health concern, obviously, in the COVID is the biggest thing. It's why we've postponed the games. But there has been a huge groundswell of opinion in Japan against even staging the games delayed by a year this I, year. I the latest opinion polls are suggesting more than 80% of people in Japan do not want the games to take place in Japan at all this year. And these events, these these faux pas, these scandals, yeah, these know. shambles, they? just adds to that feeling of you don't know what you're doing. I mean, i will just run through a, thing, a few of the things that have happened. I mean, it seems like a long time ago, 2013, when it was the, the Olympics were awarded and there mm. were tears of joy and it was going to be the rebuild games after the earthquake, the tsunami, the Fukushima disaster, and everybody's looking forward to it. But within not long, it started to unravel. 2015, the stadium was being way too expensive and they had to go away and rebuild it. The logo for the Olympics... They had to change because they plagiarised it from a from a Belgian theatre. I mean, uh, uh, which they spent squillions on. It all
0: seems so out of character, doesn't it?
1: There've been there've been French uh, magistrates probing the, the the head of Japan's Olympic Committee, uh, Mr. Takeda, probing payments made totaling two point three million pounds after Tokyo's nomination. For the Olympics, There's, mm. there was the postponement due to COVID, which happened on March 24th last year. So we came up to the anniversary of the postponement. This time last year, we were still thinking we might have an Olympics last year, but then it was postponed the day before the torture relay was due to start last year. Um, you've got people coming out saying it'll happen with and without COVID, and people saying no. Um, the costs have been revealed in December to be a, an eye-watering amount more than first thought 2.8 billion billion not million billion dollars more than has, has been added to the price tag because of covid i'm um, talking about 15 16 billion dollars the cost of these summer olympics will be the most expensive summer olympics in games history the spectator rules are going to make it a shamble is it going to be you know athletes are being told they can't have their families there they can't have They can only have one or two people with them. The whole thing about the Olympics is everybody's in it together. Families are a big part of it. Who who can't forget, you know, Derek Redman, the 400-meter runner, being helped round the track when he pulled a hamstring by his father. That sort of thing's not going to happen this year. I mean, and top athletes are already saying that they won't be going because of the restrictions and the difficulties travelling. Dustin Johnson, the world number one golfer, last week said he won't be going to the Olympics this year. How many others are going to pull out? You've got, you know, support dropping across the country in Japan and only domestic spectators are going to be able to go. And domestic spectators do not want it to happen now. I mean, it's just a... I mean, it is yeah. a disaster already, but about- it's just getting worse and worse. And now we've got... So you more sexism, rows and all the rest of it. it just, you just say, it, what, Olympics- what does your coin
0: say, Danny, if you flip it in the air? My
1: coin says the Olympics will go ahead, but they're going to be completely different to any Olympics we've known before.
0: All right, then. Well, join us on Facebook Live if you chip in. You hear what Danny's been on about this morning. I mean, I, for one, certainly didn't know all these various elements coming into play with, yeah. the, with the Olympics. He's going to go on to a couple of other things. At the end, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes on F1 because Nick's written a... a, a nice little lengthy thing to you. Anyway,
1: Danny. Yeah, uh, just to finish off on the Olympics front there, I mean, they they do seem to have been cursed. It's a shame because, you know, we were all looking forward to an Olympics in Asia. Um, But to be honest now, we're just looking forward to getting them over with. I think they'll be very different. And I think they might prompt some changes for Olympic games in the future. They have become very big, you know, 10,000, 10,500 athletes, all the entourages, the costs, everything. Maybe it's time to relook at the whole way Olympics are staged and maybe uh, use existing facilities rather than uh, these massive hello. villages. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. um, I don't know whether they will or not, or whether we'll go back to the same old, same old, when COVID is over in Paris next time, then Los Angeles after that. We're talking about Australia in 2032. Um, we we will see. But, um, you know, fingers crossed we do get an Olympics Games and so but is it really that important when... So many people have died in the world, and all the rest of it. You know, I'm really, as a sports journalist, it's it's a pinnacle of my career. It's one of the one of the bucket list events covering the Olympic games. Um, but you know, I'm I'm really I know. <laughs> sort of wavering now. So I'm due to go, but, but
0: if- as a sports journalist, you can only report what happens.
1: But do do I want to spend two weeks in quarantine before the games? Do I want to spend three weeks in quarantine potentially afterwards to cover two weeks of sport? You know, you ask yourself these questions. Being away from our families as well, it's um, you know, it's a no-brainer to go to the Olympics. Normally, I'm in two miles now. Anyway, that's enough on the Olympics. More to come out over so the we did weekend. Let's Danny. Sit back on the couch. Yeah, go on. Torch will- <laughs> Talks Relay will be starting next week. Fans will be banned. All sorts of more rules come out. And there'll probably be another scandal. Probably some other old Japanese geezer will say something inappropriate. Because that's what they do. But um, anyway, um, all that's been a bit of a distraction for me. Uh, I've had one rant this morning. I'm about to have another one. Because tonight we will get the the draws for the Champions League and the Europa League. uh, The the quarterfinals of European Premier Club competitions. And one team that will not be there is Tottenham Hotspur, after they absolutely blew it last night in Zagreb. 2-0 lead from the first leg, lost 3-0 in extra time. Uh, lost to a hat-trick by uh, Czechs notes because I never heard of him before. Mislev Orsic for the Croatian Giants, the Croatian champions. Um, just ridiculous, this Tottenham side now. The The way they are lurching from good results to bad results and really not to be able to hold on to a 2-0 league against you know, uh, let's face it, a middling team from Europe does not bode well and does not bode well for Jose Mourinho we're going to hear from the Tottenham captain now Hugo Lloris and the manager Jose Mourinho and I think you can hear in their voices they're both very very angry men after the game I think we are all more than disappointed it's just uh, a disgrace, uh, I just hope Everyone in the changing room feel responsible of the situation because um, it's a disgrace. Um, taste of the defeat tonight is just uh, more than painful, and um, and we are all responsible of that. Uh, to be a professional, you you must have attitude every day and every minute of every game. Then, more talent, less talent, makes a difference between players. But what is? never negotiable is that attitude and they beat us on they beat
0: us on attitude
1: yeah this a disgrace says loris the captain the goalkeeper who saw it unfold in front of him and uh, they beat us on attitude And he had some very other strong words um uh, Mourinho to say um a lot of people a lot of spurs fans this morning calling for Mourinho to go um it does seem to be sort of treading water at the moment. He hasn't a long... I mean, it's, there needs to be a clear-out, as far as I'm concerned, at Tottenham now. Um, they, they've got the You players, are
0: saying this with gritted teeth, aren't you? Because they're your boys. They've
1: got a, yeah, they've got, they've got the players up front, you know, in Harry Kane and Son Heung-Min and so on. I mean, Bale's an expensive luxury. They need someone else up there. But they need some creativity in midfield. Uh, the, all Tottenham's, Tottenham are re- renowned as a team that are great in transition, great on the break. That's because that when they bypass the midfield, which has no creativity at all, um, they do quite well. You know, uh, we used to have the players of the calibre of Christian Eriksen and Luka Modric and Raphael Vandevar, even when Spurs weren't, you know, challenging for, for top honours. They've always had creativity in, in midfield, and I go back further to 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 the days of Paul Gascoigne mm-hmm. and Glenn Hoddle and Ozil Ardeles and so on and so on. They've always had that creativity, that spark. They don't seem to have that anymore. They've got what they have got is is, is two top goal scorers in Son Heung Min and Harry Kane that cover over the cracks. And um, I think I, if they do stick with Mourinho, there needs to be a big clear out. Uh, um, you know, the, the 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 signings they've bought so far during his time. Uh, by and large not worked, um, with the exception of Hoyberg in midfield. Yeah. But uh Doherty, the young full not really done it for me, nor has on from Real Madrid. Uh, Bale has only has not really been a success, has not been a success on his on his return on loan. So You know, they've got to look elsewhere or they've got to ship up or ship out as far as I'm concerned. And there's a lot of problems in that Tottenham squad. So they won't be there in the draw tonight. But the Champions League draw will take place seven o'clock our time. The last day, we've got three English teams in that. Liverpool, Manchester City looking for an unprecedented quadruple, of course, Manchester City uh, and Chelsea. Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund from Germany. Paris Saint-Germain, Porto and Real Madrid. And... There's no seedings, no any team can play any other now. It's a straight draw and the semi-finals will be drawn tonight. So we could have Liverpool v. Manchester City or Real Madrid v. you know, Chelsea, whatever. Um there's no and in the Europa League, the last eight will be the draw for that will be after after the Champions League at eight o'clock tonight. Ajax, Arsenal, who got through last night despite losing one nil at home. Well done to them. He says with gritted teeth. Granada Dynamo Zagreb, conquerors of Tottenham. Man United, who had the best result away at AC Milan. Sorry, Man United fans, I'm not spending more time on that, but I'm pretty upset about Tottenham. Um, Man United, great result, 1-0 at AC Milan last night. Roma, Slavia Prague and Villarreal will be in the hat for the last eight of the Europa League. Semi-finals of that will be drawn. Just to mark your cards, the finals of those, Champions League will be May the 29th, that's a Saturday, and the final of the Europa League will be May the 26th in Gdansk, the Champions League in Istanbul. Um, just a quick mention of FA Cup sixth round this weekend. Manchester City continuing on the quadruple trail. They'll play Everton tomorrow. AFC Bournemouth v Southampton kicks us off in the Cup tomorrow. What a great South Coast uh, derby that is. No love lost between those sides. And on Sunday, we've got Sheffield, Shef- Chelsea v Sheffield United. Leicester v Man United. Now, Phil, you wanted to, before we wrap up, talk you had a bit of Formula One
0: for me. Yeah, welcome back to Nick Marsh. He says, OK, F1, it's been a while. He said, after testing last week, looks like Red Bull are going to be a force, but can they beat Mercedes? McLaren also looked very good. Can anyone beat Hamilton? But is it sad that another Middle East F1 track, Saudi, announced that what looks like a pretty tough overtaking in a country of, again, poor ethics? Thank you, Nick.
1: Yeah, uh, Saudi's a whole different question. A lot of sports washing going on there, being courted by European Tour Golf. We've got questions to answer there with it. It's appalling human rights record in Saudi. Formula One now. We may even have the Anthony Joshua, uh, Tyson Fury, world heavyweight title fight in Saudi as well. I think it's uh, an absolute disgrace, the sport washing that's going on there and and the, the gazillions that Saudi are spending on trying to make themselves look great through sport. That's a whole different question. But testing is testing in Formula 1. They're testing. We won't really know anything until we see the first practice sessions in Bahrain next week.
0: Red Bull of force in testing. That's how he started, yeah.
1: Yeah, sec- second-, second fastest was uh, our new Asian driver, Yuki Tsunoda, the Japanese driver for AlphaTauri, was second fastest in testing, a rookie. Uh, let's hope he goes well. Um, but, you know, Mercedes... Always sandbagging a bit in testing, aren't they? They they never put out their full package in testing. They're always trying bits out, this, that, and the other. Um, I remember last two seasons ago, Ferrari were going to be, you know, they were going to be a big challenge to Mercedes. They were fastest in testing. They put them in Sauna. We got to Australia for the first race. Mercedes won it. Bottas. Um, how same happens every year Mercedes are the team to beat Red Bull are getting closer and I think with Chico Perez uh, you know there in, alongside Verstappen that's going to push Verstappen harder mm. I think they've got a good team there um, best of the rest is you know Ferrari cannot be as bad as last season they surely cannot be as bad as last season there's signs there won't be and I think the, mid, the, the midfield battle as always is going to be fascinating because you've got the new names in there haven't you you've got Aston Martin which were Racing point. You've got Alpine, which were Renault. You have got McLaren, who look very, very good and seem to have had a jump on in testing with some of the diffusers on their car. That's given them an edge. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. Williams, you know, can they do anything at all after a few torrid seasons? And now it's it's just Williams in name. The, the Williams family are not involved in the team anymore. Um, I think it's, we've got a fascinating season ahead. But you know, the, it's the phony war at the moment. The real stuff starts in Bahrain next week. And uh,
0: and as he says, can anyone beat Hamilton?
1: Um, yeah, people can, but they've got to drive fast. got to do it. And that's <laughs> not so <easy> to do. <laughs> let's leave and, it there, uh, Danny.
0: Brilliant yeah. job. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, mate. Nick? Yeah, next uh, week we'll talk more about yeah let's do sure. that next week. Nick, thanks very much. Keep them coming. I'm sure Danny will have a little squiz at the uh, FB page as well and maybe add something. Take care, Danny. Have a lovely week. Bye-bye.